Test. Okay, I'm here. Am I here? Yes. Are any of us really here? Too deep for this episode, Catherine. Well, I'm going to be <laughs> deep inside Tarzan. Okay, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> That'd be like me hitting on Eric, and I you're know you feel you're territorial. You're more than welcome to. <laughs> but also, we know you would never do that. Exactly. Know, he's gross and a child. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Although, I, I do have some questions about Tarzan's hygiene. Like, <laughs> You know, there's not much. Well, no, I mean... He's probably lice free. We're like. gonna no. We're gonna we're gonna get into it. It's actually I. It's it's less dirty than I think you guys think. Just something that came up when I was watching it. <laughs> like his breath they? or no? How does he shave? Like oh, we he doesn't. Know. He doesn't need to. Like some dudes just can't right, grow facial that's hair. That's what I assumed. Yeah. I was like, oh, he just can't grow facial hair. But his dad has this super luxurious oh, like luxurious man, his dad stash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was sort of like, okay, so then like. Did you just not inherit that amazing ability to grow that perfect mustache? Like, that's fine. Yeah, I think you got, like, nose down alopecia. <laughs> is that what it is? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess. It was just, I was thinking that the whole time. I was like, how does he shave? Like, why would he? Wouldn't he want to have a hairy face so he can look more ape-like? I get, yeah. We'll figure all that out and more. Welcome to Animation is the Best, a fan's guide to humanity's most important art form. I'm your host, Craig Johansson, joined as always by my besties, Catherine. Uh, Pretty good. And Mikhail. (laughs) And we are joined this week by special guest bestie, Nobody, which I was actually, when you, when Catherine kind of lit the match on this one to watch Tarzan while her brother was still in town, and I was kind of secretly hoping that he would (laughs) still be here for it. No, unfortunately not. Although he'd have some great insights from his his time in... uh, I was going to say, do you want to get that specific? No. no. <laughs> Just from his time. From his time. Just from his... From growing the life, up with me. <laughs> the life and times of Catherine's uh, uh, brother. A feral lad taken in by... <laughs> by, by... By Catherine's parents. <laughs> He's not Donnie from the Wild Thornberries. <laughs> Although... Well, well this, this week we are talking about Tarzan, the final of the Disney Renaissance films. And... Uh, yeah, Tarzan being pretty much the archetypical feral boy character in in literature. Um, this was really Mowgli. Yeah, feral boy is Mowgli. Feral man is Tarzan, and yeah. I will fight you on this because <laughs> no, if there's no need w- for violence, if there's one thing I'm well versed in, it's both it's it's anything related it's, to it's any children raised by animals. It's any children raised by animals in the wild. <laughs> like that's kind of my thing. Well, I mean, I'm not sure how many stories there are of children raised by animals in captivity. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> Zootopia was not the third feral child movie we were expecting. <laughs> well, this was released June 16th, 1999, directed by Chris Buck and Kevin Lima. Chris Buck was a supervising animator on Pocahontas, uh, responsible for a number of supporting characters, including Percy, Wiggins, and Grandmother Willow. 
His name is Chris Buck, and he's here to party. <laughs> uh, he also went on to direct the Penguin movie Surf's Up. Oh, I remember that. Ooh. That had some beautiful concept art. He is, like, he is a really concept s- art guy. He also co-directed Frozen. And mm. uh, our other director, Kevin Lima, uh, previously did the Goofy movie and afterwards did Enchanted. So both wow. of those movies are amazing, and like, <laughs> oh yeah, Kevin Kevin Lima, he's done good stuff. And like, as much as I hate Frozen, as much as I hate Frozen right now, especially because <laughs> spoiler alert, everybody, Coco just came out, and just so you're aware, because we weren't aware, and it made us angry. There's a 20 minute Frozen episode right before you watch Coco, a really amazing Pixar film. But first, you have to sit through 20 minutes of Frozen, which. Again, Frozen is good. I'm just not... You were not a child anymore. I'm not super into Frozen, so it just made me angry. You weren't, you weren't prepared for it. I either. was so unprepared for a 20... Like, 10 minutes, fine. Yeah. 21 minutes. I looked it up. It that is, is long. Like, we all looked at each... I haven't seen Coco yet. My friends and I looked at each other and we're like, do we just go? Like, we paid for a movie and we saw it. We're unhappy with it, but whatever. Like, I've never been angry before a movie. And I'm really, like... It only shows how good Coco was because despite that horrendous experience, I'm still saying, go see Coco. It's it's totally amazing. Just go late. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Try to try to aim it. Get your, get your ticket, hang out in the lobby for a little bit. Yeah. Talk to your friends. Just it was it was rough. Yeah. Sit way in the back so you can look at your phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So with regards to Tarzan, uh, although uh, so, like, 80-plus years after the original book was published and numerous iterations in film and comics and just Pulp other... fiction. Yeah, but uh, much to Disney's surprise, up till this point, nobody had ever tried to animate Tarzan. Huh. So, Which was smart. <laughs> I'm thinking there was l- all, probably a lot of, like, Tarzan, like... Oh, like those inspired bee- thing. Well, I'm thinking about those like those B movies, like the black and white ones with like beefcake models. Oh yeah, who, for like, sure. They're, act. No, yeah, there there is a long- like in that same sort of genre of spaghetti westerns. Tarzan so- in live action film is well represented. Yeah, yeah. There's a long running, like the longest running series of films starred uh, Olympic swimmer uh, Weissmuller, I think his name was, as Tarzan for like six to ten films. Oh wow, okay. And that was look him up. Yeah, no, I'm. I- I knew I knew I had some sort of like real life basis for having that. You're gonna like this guy. Those those Weissmuller (laughs) films were the point of origin for the distinctive Tarzan yell as well. But yeah, it it seems like given the kind of dynamic between human and animal characters in this and that whole being raised by them aspect, that this is a kind of thing that would seem perfectly suited to animation. Well, there was an animated perfectly suited for Disney too. There was an animated version of this, and I'm going to bring up George of the Jungle because. Like I, like I said, I'm well versed in this. This is kind of my jam. Um, and oh yeah, the George of the Jungle, Jungle cartoon. cartoon, which like, is a parody yeah, of yeah. the Tarzan, and it's meant to kind of be funny rather yeah. than you know Tarzan is always George, represented George, George as being hyper intelligent despite being like the big the big thing is Tarzan is so smart despite being raised by apes. He is he's hyper intelligent yeah. versus George of the Jungle, who's kind of like a lovable idiot who's not really that smart yeah. but really sweet and has a good heart and so that's where that juxtaposition came and then and so they did Brendan Fraser abs Okay that was the live action <laughs> I know, one which I know. again we're going to talk about cuz we'll that's in it. Catherine's top top 5 like IRL. celebrity crushes also, also <laughs> meaningless connection well not so meaningless in this case meaningless connection meaningless connections 
Brendan Fraser auditions twice for this film. I can't wait to talk to you about who the actual voice actor is because he's currently on a hit TV show right now. Yes. <laughs> well, Brendan Fraser auditioned for Tarzan twice and then eventually get, did get cast in George of the Jungle, which was also produced by Disney, but came out before this. I think like, as much as I love Brendan Fraser and I, I love Brendan Fraser like a lot. I think that was the right call because Brendan Fraser is a great George of the Jungle, but I don't think he would make a good Tarzan. Because again, Tarzan isn't isn't a lovable idiot. He's he's smart, and that's a big. And we'll we'll get into it when we analyze his character. Which yeah, they're gonna. they're saying that the actor they did eventually go with was better at executing the kind of animal influenced elements of the character. But do we want to uh, get into yeah. the summary and then... Let's get into the summary. Jump right in. I, I can't, Swing on in, as it were. I can't wait to talk about this voice cast. Like, really. it's I've been looking forward to it all day. Tarzan tells the story of a young orphan boy raised by gorillas in Africa. Finding himself often at odds with his ape family, Tarzan discovers there are others like him when an expedition group from England comes to Africa to study apes. Growing close to one of the expeditioners, Jane, Tarzan is torn between being in his ape family or returning back to the world from which he came but does not know. When one of the expedition travelers from England betrays the group and attempts to kill the gorillas for profit, Tarzan saves the day and is deemed the leader of the apes. Jane realizes she wants to stay in the jungle forever and they all live happily ever after. It's a very succinct story. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's one of the things about this movie is that it is very simple and straightforward and direct. It, and because of that, it gives them a lot of room to play around with other stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So it's I want to really say long, though, I will say I want to uh, I'll say right away at least that uh, like this was this is one of the Disney movies that I had basically not seen since its original release and was not particularly interested in when it originally came out. Uh, so this is a pretty fresh viewing experience for me. And I have to say one I really enjoyed. Where, where should we start? Uh, characters, setting, music. There's a lot. There's a lot to go there's over here. There's so much, and and again, because the story is so simple, it's a lot of. So I actually, I really want to start with music because I think that's the lasting thing from this. Is this is one of the few Disney movies that, like Disney Renaissance films, that has a song that was like number one, won an Oscar, and is still a popular song in its own right, sort of separate from the movie. Whereas like Beauty and the Beast became a number one hit. It's the the song is about the movie. Mm -hmm. This is just kind of open to interpretation. And that's one of the more interesting parts about the music choices. It works in and out of the film. So yeah, let's get into the but music. I, yeah, so the reason they went with Phil Collins as sort of this narrator voice for the music was they, in the director's words, they thought it would be ridiculous if Tarzan broke out into song at any point. <laughs> Agreed. I, I could see that. Yeah. But yeah, so Phil Collins, had, at this time, he had just left Genesis to start his uh, solo career, and he was like the pretty renowned percussionist for that prog rock band uh, headed by Peter Gabriel. If you don't know them, you should listen because they're big and important. And uh, <laughs> so Phil Collins came on board, and in collaboration with Mark Mancina, who was working at Disney, he had previously, he'd done like arrangement on Lion King and just sort of been one of the kind of music staff guys there. He also had like a really large collection of exotic instruments. So he was like, let's use all this stuff in the, in the score. And they build this really nice rhythmic, percussive, very very jungly sounding uh, soundtrack. Mm -hmm. uh, I do want to. I do want also mention that Mark Mancina, just because I like seeing where people came from in their careers and where they go. Uh, he got his start on working on like B movies, in particular uh, a fan favorite mystery science theater 
uh, subject, Space Mutiny. Oh, no Ooh. way. Yes. <laughs> I love Space Mutiny. Space, Space Mutiny is definitely one of the best oh, of the later years episodes. That is so good. <laughs> but so, yeah, so Both they... costumes in Space Mutiny to this day, like, give me nightmares. And the endless riffing on the big burly guy oh, with the ridiculous God. names. Oh. Big McLarge Hughes. Yeah. Chest yeah. beef slab. That was the one where they, like, drove around in golf carts, right? <laughs> yes. On the yes. spaceship. So, okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say, I'm not going to he's been on this show, but we have somebody who whose full name, we'll say, is the same name as one of the people who worked on it. And so every once in a while, we'll send him that, you know, this was done by this person and be like, <laughs> and be like, what the hell, dude? Like, why were you involved in this? <laughs> Back to the Phil Collins thing. In fairness, I'm not a huge fan of his work in this film lyrically. Likewise. I think, okay, so okay, I, I mean, disagree I strength, with you guys. I think his strength is absolutely as a percussionist. Well, the fact that he's using the drums and like the fact that the drums are so rhythmic and yeah. there's kind of a, a the beat of the jungle yeah. kind of feel to it, especially with all the ties into heartbeats being our like ties together and being this, oh my God, like how could you? The lyrics are beautiful, but they're simple for children. I don't think, <laughs> I feel like they're kind of rote and straightforward and not particularly well it's a narrator his it's a narrator telling a story so that's the thing is you can't be like these aren't good lyrics one minute and previously say that he's doing a musical narration so if you look at it like are you gonna get mad at sir patrick stewart narrating a story compare the musical narration of bells of notre dame to the lyrics of any of the but they songs sing, in Tarzan. But, but they sing in the story. They're interacting with the story versus being this kind of overvoiced god in the story. But the opening of Bells of Notre Dame is literally narrating what the but prologue it's is. done by a silly, like, j- trickster. Okay, so I, I mean, I'm kind of with Greg on this one because to me... This kind of felt like Lion King 2.0, where I'm like, oh, we have like a popular, like, you know, rock pop musician mm-hmm. kind of doing his thing and like narrating it. Like, but it was good. This felt like, you know, Phil Collins felt like Elton John 2.0. But it was really good. I mean, it was... It was like, this. Me, hey, this was a great idea last time. Let's do it again. I didn't like it in The Lion King Okay, either, but they did so. in The Lion King, and they did something different there. And it's interesting that both of the these stories take place in Africa. That is interesting. Yeah, yeah, like that's in a good, jungly kind that's of a, Well, no, they're in the Sahara, or the, the Well, safari, they go from, like, the like, Serengeti through the I Sahara wanna make sure I'm to, saying the right, yeah. like, the Congo, what it feels like. Right, but and they're... And then back But they're to doing the a story about lions, whereas this is a story about... about apes. Apes. <laughs> And also, like, so what? Like, it was a good idea before to bring Elton John and make this amazing music. And it was a really good idea to bring Phil Collins, one of the most renowned percussionists in the world, and make him do drummed narration. No, no, I, just, I, get it. I just wish they they had someone working with him on the lyrics. I disagree. I think the lyrics are sweet. Especially the You'll Be in My Heart song and the and the opening, you know, the two worlds, one family, all of that like repetitive storytelling, especially with it happening while the action is happening. You can't have too interesting of lyrics while a really intense action sequence is happening. So I think it's kind of the opposite of Lion King. Whereas Lion King, we see Circle of Life. Mm -hmm. The lyrics are really interesting because what's going on on screen, while really interesting and beautiful... is very slow and gradual. And it's all the same thing. It's 
things going somewhere. Yeah. Whereas in Tarzan, the narration is happening during like, we get of, shipwrecked. We're building a house. My child gets lost. Are, My child gets killed. There are I go three into the montages jungle. in this I, movie. I know. I love it. I love it. <laughs> like a, a minimum of three montages. I love montages. So I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, and there's a lot going on on screen. And so I think that the lyrics need to be a little simple and repetitive, but I still don't think that that devalues them. Uh, I, this is my argument and I'm sticking with it. I think that Phil Collins is amazing and shut up. <laughs> five, five star composition, three star lyrics. That's what all I'm right, saying. All right. All right. Well, just, come on. Trust your heart. Let fate decide. That's guide like, these lives we lead. It's like, okay, you got that Beneath out of the like the big book of, of song lyrics. <laughs> Only love can enter here. Oh my God. So good. I will say that of the, uh, uh, his voice the, 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 is so I think, good. Uh, five songs in the film that two worlds is my favorite. I'd say two worlds. Oh man! Actually, strangers <laughs> like me. Then uh, you'll I be love in my heart. strangers like me. Uh, then son of man and the trash in the trash camp. in the camp. Yeah. Trash in the camp is definitely least for me because there's no full Collins <laughs> that I can hear. Um, for me, all these songs are weak. I'm sorry. Okay. No, yeah, like That's I was. Fair. You're allowed. You're entitled to your opinion as wrong as it is. I was listening yeah. to the to the soundtrack at work today, and I was just like, I'm just going to keep listening to Two Worlds because that's the only one I really, really enjoy. <laughs> oh man, it's just something about the the rhythmic structure. I and would say kind of isn't Two Worlds the name of a, like an MMO, uh, or like a video game, it's kind of a mid tier like fantasy RPG, yeah, not an maybe. MMO. But okay, yeah, yeah. I. I I'm sorry, guys. I warned you. I told you both in text <laughs> message that I am like going to fiercely defend this. I love this movie. No, it's a I great movie. I forgot how much I love this movie. I love this movie. This I is along, like, oh, it's amazing to yeah. me. I, along with Greg, probably haven't seen this since I saw it the first time. Oh, like I, I haven't seen this since I was a kid. And instead of you, Grumps, being like, "This is okay," I'm like. Wow, this is the best. Well, hold on. Discovering hold on. the magic. <laughs> hold on. We haven't ranked these yet. You I've only I've only said go. that I've only I've only voiced my concerns about the lyrics of the lyrics. songs so far. So which okay. I which I say are fine but not outstanding. So okay, I will so say, let's talk, let's about, talk the, about the well, what the opening sequence? The opening sequence which is very as good. it relates to the song because it's the two world song as you mentioned. And also the hot dad. And, yeah, his and the hot mom. Yeah, God. I kind of have a... They've got great genetics. <laughs> you were more to Tarzan's mom than like, Jane? Well, like, okay. No, let me... <laughs> do, you, do you want me to rank the women in this film? <laughs> Including Turk? Was that her name? <laughs> yes. Because I will. I, and the I, mom? I have another really great <laughs> note about... I want to talk about Turk. Because okay. I think it's cool that the best friend is female. So it's really cool. So, so from... I'll go bottom up. All right. Okay. So No, we're not actually going to rank the no, women. No, no, no. Let's do it. <laughs> no. Kala. <laughs> Turk, Jane, Jungle Jane, Tarzan's mom. <laughs> All right. Way to go, Tarzan's mom. Yeah. What a milf. <laughs> so she dies tragically. tragically. <laughs> Gets killed by a leopard. Wait, which- is, so is the leopard female S- Sabor? So wh- where does Sabor fit into this? Sabor, so... One thing about they need to be one thing primates. about this one, you know, one, <laughs> okay. one, one thing about this world is uh, Tarzan speaks animalese. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but apparently the jaguar dialect is beyond him because Sabor Sabor is the only animal character well, which does no, not speak. Well, he only speaks he only speaks to the hyper intelligent animals, and like I think that they make a real point that the elephants are intelligent. And the, all the monkeys are intelligent, you know, be them all the monkeys and apes, I should say. I want to be really respectful of that <laughs> distinction. Yeah, yeah. All the gorillas, everything, they're intelligent creatures. And so he is able to communicate with them because you see him talking 
to to all of them, but mm-hmm. you don't see him talking to much else. And you see him interacting with is sort of um kind of in a more oppositional manner with most other animals within the forest. Like yeah. he's trying to use the ostrich to like go for a ride and like And he uses the snake as a vine. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> like I just thought I it mean, was he, interesting that Sabor is a named character that has no dialogue. Yeah, well, that I think to it's me is more like as opposed I, to being like, uh, oh, we found him and his parents died to okay. the leopard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not to. It's not a, it's not a sheer con this a, situation. Is not, it, yeah, exactly. Not, yeah, this I was going to say, not to reference the live action Jungle <laughs> Book, which contains another really like awesome dude in it. <laughs> like. Well, there are a lot of parallels to be drawn between Mowgli. this story. And well, yeah, the, the the Jungle Book is the obvious one, but also this opening sequence in terms of other Disney films and similar sequences in them. Like we have the, the flaming shipwreck, which is something that happened in Lion King. There's just like stormy sea action, which is something that happens in Pocahontas. I think Swiss Family Robinson. Swiss Family, yeah, and the, Little the Mermaid. Swiss Family Robinson. Don't forget aspect about Little this. Mermaid too. That's what was the first one oh. I said. Oh, <laughs> no, you said the Lion King. Oh, yeah, yeah. So That's why I was like, there's no flaming shipwreck in the Lion King. We'll get to the Lion, but I've, I've been living Disney Renaissance for so long; it's all <laughs> mixing together in my mind. It's all one beautiful and movie. It, your headcanon is just this weird amalgamation of all these films. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, it's it's. Well, speaking it's, of headcanons. I have, there's, uh, there are definitely two characters I ship in this. Oh boy. I have a one true pairing in mind. Okay. Well, we'll get to, (laughs) we'll get to it. Okay. That's important to note. Uh, yeah, the building of the house and like the tree house and all of the Swiss family Robinson aspect of it. I was super bummed when his parents died because it was like, wow, they worked really hard to, to make this treehouse. Yeah. And it was really and it was a well bitch in tree And it was really well done. Like, like I they put in paneled windows. Like they they <laughs> like, did a great they job. They salvaged a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot, a lot probably washed up on shore and they were, you know, and that's and that's another cool thing is they show that his mom and dad are very industrious and very inventive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which they're later intelligent on and athletic. Later on, Tarzan shows the yeah. exact same. He's very inventive and he's he creates very, a spear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 puts things together and, and utilizes things the way the same way and they he uses do in tools the beginning. to carve and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was very I don't know. I like that. Um, I love that when they when they show kind of human intelligence interacting with the natural world in a very primal and simplistic state. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel a lot of pride <laughs> as a human. I feel like, oh, this is why we've risen to a position where we can destroy <laughs> like, the planet. Oh. No, <laughs> it makes me go, boy, it'd be great if we'd slow down just a little bit and use our innovativeness to try to not destroy the planet. <laughs> it'd be so cool if we could think of ways to have cars and the air. <laughs> and that ozone I am a layer. fan of both. I am a, it'd, be, like, it'd be so cool if we were trying to create technology that is in harmony with nature. But, you know. <laughs> but, you know. I, for me, in that sequence, one of my favorite bits was when the father, hot dad, as I'm calling him, <laughs> is struggling like to lift something. And then the mom comes in and she's like, overhead press yeah she's like again like i get why she's bae for you she's like she's a strong beautiful woman yeah Uh, who dies all too soon and kala comes along and rescues young baby tarzan that sequence is cute it's cute and until you realize that the dead parents are like three feet away it's sad but the, whole thing. the baby doesn't know any better the baby doesn't but the baby is really cute and and baby tarzan shows Tarzan qualities very mm-hmm. early on. Like they did a good job with his personality for a character who cannot, who doesn't do a lot of Speaking. communication. Yeah. 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 Is it, he's shown to be very playful. He's shown to be very silly and he's shown to be very, um, touchy. 
like tactile yeah, tactile and like he never grows out of that like baby like babies are very tactile because they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out the world that's they're why like little raccoons that's why babies put things in their mouth because yeah, they're yeah. like i want to figure out what this is and he just never grows out of that state which <laughs> i think is cool i think it's a cool character development yeah yeah but and call it the 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 Glenn Close mom, mm-hmm. like Glenn, Glenn Close, makes some uh, ape noises in the sequence, which I, I was like, "Oh, that's that sounds a little that's odd." Odd, but <laughs> I'm not going to be ignored, Ted. <laughs> that's my best Glenn Close impression. I hope you guys like it. Every well, time I think of Glenn Close, I always think of Angelica Houston because I didn't know the difference between those two people when I was a kid. Really hurtful, <laughs> is it? Yes. I just I I have a problem with conflating older Hollywood actresses. Yeah, that's really terrible. No, well, I was exposed to a lot of them as a child when mm. they all kind of like bled together. Mm. No, <laughs> that's right. not great. You should know the difference because they're different people. They're very different people, and they play very different as I've roles. learned, like growing up. <laughs> so. Well, so Kala is, she basically... What I'm saying is, I wanted Angelica Houston to play Kala, okay? <laughs> you wanted Angelica Houston to make ape noises? Oh, my God. Now I really Angelica want Angelica Houston as Kala, Jack Nicholson as Kerchak. <laughs> you know who is Kerchak? Lance Henriksen. Who? I don't know who that is. Who? You've seen Aliens, right? Yes. He's Bishop, the <gasps> android. No way! Yep. Bishop? Mm-hmm. Whoa. None That's of this cool. has much None bearing on me. <laughs> you don't know. I saw Aliens once. Uh, you should Alien see it again. or Aliens? The sequel. Oh. No, no, no. I'm, I'm I saw the one with Sigourney Weaver. She's in they're, both. They're, she's in four of them. Oh, okay, we I don't s- talk about the fourth movie. Right. The fourth Alien movie never happened. Ooh. Ripley never had a clone, and Winona Ryder was never in an Alien movie. <laughs> um, She was in, like, a mech at uh, one point? Then yeah, that's, that's Aliens. the second one. Oh, yeah. okay. That yeah. was the one I saw. Okay, great. That's a good one? That's, yes. Well, they're the first, all good. The first Except two, for four, which we don't talk about. And three, which is kind of a hot mess. I think three's okay. Three has redeeming moments for me. Anyway, we're talking about Tarzan. I was going to say. <laughs> and uh, so Kala and Kerchak are now Tarzan's adoptive parents. And but, I wanted to mention that because this uh, was an early occurrence of a sort of council during the development process where they oh, like, brought, in, brought in a bunch of adoptive parents, parents to oh, talk about their experiences. Cool. Well, Kerchak says, Kerchak says he's not my son, mm-hmm. but Kala immediately accepts him. And what I like about the other apes' response to him, to, to seeing Tarzan, is they're like, oh, she got a pet. Like, <laughs> and it's like a little bit like they don't really acknowledge him as one of them. Yeah. And it's, and so I, I, I don't know. I really liked that because I'm, I'm sure like, just in terms of this idea of it being about like integrating with, with a new group and things like that. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's always a lot of like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm trying to say it nicely. Tension, but friction. Why would I say this? I'm sure there's a lot of people who say really awful judgmental things to people who adopt. Mm-hmm. And, and they probably don't even realize they're And they saying don't it. realize they're saying it. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to be nice to people who say offensive things to adoptive parents. <laughs> which, looking back on that, not gonna. No, Fuck you're not. Guys. <laughs> no, but like, adoption and, and the whole thing about, like, surrounding that, I think is like, I think it's cool. And it's a cool message here mm-hmm. about family is family and it doesn't matter where you came from. Like, it's a cool message here. Yeah. Yes. This reminded me a lot of the catty elephants in yeah. Dumbo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The elephants in this the are elephant moms or. The elephants that do appear in this are definitely more Dumbo than Jungle Book elephants yeah. in terms of like yes. their like rubberiness. Oh, their elasticity. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. And just kind of the, the general design to them. Uh, 
so Tarzan grows up among the apes, and we see him in various stages of his adolescence. I little little baby Tarzan is the kid from Jerry Maguire. In case anybody's interested, <laughs> I saw that there was a Tarzan two that looks like it's specifically <laughs> about young Tarzan. Yeah, I I. No, I don't, I don't do sequels. Well, so Tarzan is You trying... just do expanded universes in the TV shows. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tarzan's trying to integrate with the group of other uh, adolescent apes in the... Uh, what is what is a group of apes called? Uh, family group. Somebody get um, somebody Jane, get Jane Goodall. Goodall on no, the phone Jane here. Goodall studies chimpanzees, which are different than gorillas. Okay. You need to understand that. So a gorilla <laughs> group, we're going to look this up because we're going to educate ourselves. Well, you're looking that up. I will say that... Don't you mean educate ourselves? The primary foil for Tarzan... Troops. Troops, okay. So the primary foil for young Tarzan is Turk, who is a kind of tomboyish uh, girl. Voiced by... Voiced by Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, and she does great. And I love... I like Turk a lot as a character. Yeah. A wisecracking female friend Mm -hmm. is cool. And I think it's it's one of the first instances we see of this. And, like, I find Turk's character design and animation and, like, expressiveness very appealing as well. Yeah. And the other two apes uh, here are uh, named Flint, who is the shorter one, is voiced by Eric Von Detten, who was also Sid in the Toy Story okay, movies. Okay, Eric we're going to talk Detten? about Eric Von Detten, oh, who was man. on my favorite TV show on Disney Channel called So Weird. It was <laughs> X-Files for Children, and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I remember So Weird. Oh my gosh, it was the best. It was the best. Oh, <laughs> what was her name again, the main character? Fee. Fee, Short that's for right. Fiona. Yeah, I that's, remember yeah. that. No, Fee was out with her mom, who was, who a, was a touring sing- musician, she tra- and she would go to different places in the United States that were haunted and she would, or like, full of supernatural things. <laughs> and she would, oh my gosh, uh, so was Eric Von Denton like the guitarist for his he mom's was, so band? Her, her, no, the mom's manager had a son who that's would travel who with them. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's who he was. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other gorilla, Mungo, the taller one, is voiced by Jason Marsden. Not James Marsden. They're not related. Although James Marsden was in Kevin Lima's Enchanted, mm-hmm. and Jason Marsden was in the Goofy movie. He and plays the voice of Max. Yes. And let's not forget it. What else? Was that Spike what, from Buffy? No. Who's that? James Marsden. Oh, okay. However, no, James Marsden is Cyclops from X Men. <laughs> Marsden. Marsden. James Marsden. Boy, there's a lot of them, aren't there? <laughs> I'm so confused right now. Marsters. James Marsters oh, is Buffy. Okay. Okay. James okay. Marsden is Cyclops. And Jason Marsden is the voice of Max from a Goofy movie and also Eric's best friend from Boy Meets World. <laughs> and you would know that if you were as big of a Boy Meets World fan as I am. Wait, we can Sean? only hope to aspire Not to Sean. Types. No, that's Corey's best friend. Okay. Eric, the older brother, had a best friend when they were in high school. And that's and played that's by Jason by Marsden. Marsden. Oh, okay. So though Jason and James Marsden are not related, apparently they are good friends in real life because their respective wives were childhood friends. That's weird. It is. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> Bringing it back. So, okay. So now Tarzan is an adult and we get we get the the sequence I adore. The 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 fly through? Uh the son of man. Oh. Son of man look to and it's a and it's a 
it's montage a, two. It's montage two, and it's a montage. I'm glad that we're counting montages because this is a big feature of the movie. I love montages. I like them too. <laughs> For me, I think it's part of the reason you're able to summarize this in like three sentences. Okay, because well, half but, this film is montage. But like that's the best part about this film is it's a super simple story, but what's happening on screen and the, like the little pieces of it are really like fun and and fun to chew on, and that's why I'm really excited about it. This sequence shows Tarzan being human and adapting to his environment in order to deal with what's going on around him. Oh, we skipped You'll Be In My Heart. Should we talk about that? It's a a big famous song. It's the big show-stopping number. It it won the uh, Academy Award that year, beating out... uh, Blame Canada! Beating out Blame Canada, but also beating out Toy Story 2's song, When She Loved Me, which... If I had to choose between the three, I would have probably given it to When She Loved Me. But the fact that it did beat the Blame Canada from the South Park movie <laughs> was famously then lampooned in a later episode of the series. Yeah, well, That's they, awesome. they talk about that all the time. Uh, this is just a funny aside. When uh, the two guys from South Park... Uh, was this her first foray into like musical writing after yeah, South, but- after having started South Park? So- no, actually, they're... They- their original yeah. student film, Cannibal the Musical. Yeah, they're oh, big musical okay. theater yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, because Book of Mormon and all so, that. So yeah, yeah. during the tour of Book of Mormon, when they were up for Tony's, they were writing it at the same time the YouTube Spider-Man the Musical was being written. And they talk about how when they were writing it, they were like, oh man, like, wouldn't it suck if we were beaten by another 80s rocker and an award <laughs> show? <laughs> like... Like, and and they, they talk about how they got real arrogant after they got nominated and you two didn't. They would go to the Tonys. What are those rockers doing here? <laughs> the show wasn't even nominated. <laughs> you take all that out. But it's like, it's really funny watching them talk about the parallels between losing to Phil Collins and then you two's Spider-Man being on the rise as they're like <laughs> writing this musical. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But yeah, so you'll be in my heart. I don't know. This is another one. It's like, it's, it's fine. It's it the is, only one I remember the melody for. But it's You'll an amazing be in my heart. But it's an That's amazing it, right? song about like and and if we're going to talk about like her as an adoptive parent, it's an amazing song about love and bonding and and you don't have to, you know, it's okay that you're different, you know, you're still the same in so many ways. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's just a really and, and then when she You've gives, super latched onto the adoption theme for this. I really so. did. I, it's, I, it's a pretty prevalent I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's definitely a through line. There's no question. It's very prevalent. And it's also, I think, important because I think that it's something that we don't... We don't see enough of it in mainstream films done in a positive way. And yeah. especially to see it like front and center in an adventure movie is unusual. Like, Yeah, I can see that. Like, especially because yeah. when we do have characters who are adopted, we so frequently get exposed with their journey to find their birth parent. Yeah, like in like Superman and even Hercules. It was all about like he didn't fit in at home, so he's going to go find out where he belongs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, he's got to go find his real parents, quote unquote. You where, know? Where, and, yeah, I even, yeah. and I even hate that. That whole idea of your real parents versus your, like your adopted I mean, parents are you your birth real parents. parents. Yeah. yeah. Whereas with this, it's like Tarzan knows that this is where he belongs. He just has to prove it to those around him. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a good, exactly. Very good distinction. And like even before Jane shows up, that's been his motivation. And yeah, that's which is why he like learns to navigate through the forest and overcome his sort of non apeness. Yeah, he learns yeah, to he learns-, he learns to use his humanity and the parts of him that are different 
to his advantage to fit into the world that he knows he belongs yeah. in. To like brachiate. That's the term for swinging from vines, right? Yeah. Brachiate? 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 I don't know. I should know this is somebody who's a magic card that has that name. <laughs> um, and, and I did latch on to it because I think that it's like, I think it's important because again, most adoption stories presented in film is people trying to discover their birth, not kind of being at home with who they are mm-hmm. or where they are. So, yeah, I did latch on to it, and I, I'm, I'm not ashamed of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you say, uh, navigating the jungle, swinging from vine to vine, I want to mention that for this film, they developed a new piece of software called Deep Canvas, which is in use throughout this movie, not just on the treetop sequences. Basically, what this software is, is you have a 3D wireframe of your set piece, in this case, the trees and vines and and uh, everything. And then what the animator can do is they can navigate this 3D space and paint directly onto the model. And as you view it from different angles, the software remembers what was painted where and transposes it. And uh, it's, it's uh, like a very artist-driven way of texturing a 3D model. Yeah, it's incredible. As opposed to doing the sort of um, all of those textures separately mm-hmm. and then mapping them onto the wireframe which model. Is what, which is what is usually done and still done for a, a lot, lot of, of video games and stuff do yeah. that still. Yeah. But they use the software in Atlantis and Treasure Planet and I think in Brother Bear as well. But I think this the, the way it works in this is, is really the, the best of those examples. Yeah, it's probably. Re- but it's also it's really striking and really visually coherent and i'm surprised that like it's unfortunate that tarzan came out around the time when traditional animation was on the decline and cg animation was on the rise and now we're in a world where all major uh, theatrical animation out of the u.s is done cg animated because like this technology came along at just the right time to really kind of elevate the traditional Traditional animation animation. and like the painterly backgrounds and stuff and i'm surprised that it has not really caught on in japan yeah i I haven't seen anything nearly as kind of dimensional and deep as the settings of tarzan i agree yeah and it i mean i think there are moments in this film certainly like in some of the chase sequences when that technology kind of sticks out a bit and i'm like oh it feels like i'm on one of those like uh like non-moving roller coasters (laughs) Like, yeah, uh, well, there, there, there is definitely one very deliberate kind of roller coaster sequence when oh, yeah, Tarzan when you, like, is rescuing go, Jane initially. And he goes over and down a vine well, and gonna, turns to first person we're gonna go perspective. Over Jane. I think Jane's another, like, but... <laughs> well, we got to talk about her. There's, yeah. there's much to be said. So Tarzan grows up and he sort of begins to... And it turns into a strapping man. Oh, oh yeah. Who is voiced by... Tony Goldwyn, who some of you may know as the president on Scandal. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like. I've never seen Scandal. So. No, but, like, Scandal's a big show. Oh, it's a huge show. It's a show. huge like, show. People have Scandal Nights. Yeah, it's a very big deal. And some nights they watch the TV show Scandal. (laughs) So Tarzan as a character and like an animated character in particular, Mm -hmm. this was the the, like when they were initially setting out to develop this. uh, It's Glenn Keane as the supervising animator for Tarzan. And he, of course, has a tremendous track record with Disney. He was Mm. responsible for Beast and Ariel and Pocahontas. So he's like... Didn't he do one of the Hercules characters as well? Um... Was it Hercules or no? Hercules was the villain. Hercules guy. was done by the yeah. Glenn Keane, I don't think was involved on Hercules. Oh, okay. Glenn Keane's just um, he's just all over the place. Yeah. yeah, but he's he's he was saying that they thought it would be easy to easier to animate Tarzan because he doesn't have like a costume, 
But as it turns out, this his was shape was like I always I kept like the only, like I love Tarzan and he is my number one like Disney crush. I will say <laughs> I admit it here and now. Da, 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 da. Um, every single time I looked at him, I wanted to fix his posture. <laughs> I was like, stand up straight. <laughs> like, like, you're not don't slouch. Don't He's got animal posture. You can't help it. Well, they they were saying Low to that the ground like an animal. <laughs> in order to execute on his movement that this was the first time they ever actually animated a character with a properly functioning musculature. So, like, mm. if you take any any frame of Tarzan's animation and fill out, like, the muscle groups on on the character model, they they fit and they match and they move correctly. I can see that because yeah. he's got some well-defined thighs. He does. <laughs> he's got some very well-defined thighs. And, like, well-defined, like, torso forms. Lots of... <laughs> hand details mm-hmm. and hands are such an important theme in this yeah yeah his um, hands are like it's not just not just like his developedness muscular or like in terms of his physique it's actually like he could be frail and flabby and they would still have the proper uh, accuracy. underlying movements and like contractions of muscles and movements and stuff yeah exactly the, so Tarzan came out in 1999. What also another thing that came out in 1999 was Weird Al Yankovic's album Running with Scissors, which was the first album in which for the uh, promotional material he appeared without his signature mustache and glasses. Tarzan looks like Weird Al to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the giant chin. Yes. Like I, that, mm, and the kind of hawkish nose. Yes. I'm, I'm still into it. No, I am oh, too. No, I'm saying that it's... No, Weird Al is like um, the the poor man's Tarzan. And he's got those curls though, because they can't like animate. Like his hair is his is, hair is supposed to be dreads. Though. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be dreaded, but like it's so hard to animate curls and dreads and all this stuff. So they just kind of kind of cheat. Just made it kind of like wavy hair. Yeah, they cheat a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he's a great character. I think that the voice acting is done really well. I think the president from Scandal does a fabulous job, <laughs> especially in his early spoken dialogue with uh, Jane. Like in the way that he yeah. like mimics her, mm-hmm. like it's there's it's, it's cute. very it's well, well done. It's well done and it's very watchable. Right? Yeah. Well, should we should we get to we the, should. the other human characters at this point? Yeah. Let's so talk the, about Jane. The event, well, the adventuring party <laughs> yeah. as a whole. Uh, we've got Clayton. Clayton, the 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 villain of this film. Yeah. He's kind of reworked from a character from the original book. In the original book, the character of Cecil Clayton is actually Tarzan's cousin. Huh. Uh, uncle Rel- oh, uncle it's an uncle i thought it was cousin well related to tarzan evil uncles yeah. it's like his mother's brother and if i remember correctly he's supposed to marry jane originally yes yeah which they don't really do much with in this i appreciate they, they, they just kind of re they kind of revamp him into your you're basically a poacher character the, the comparison that i kept drawing was mcleach from rescuers yeah. he's very mcleach mixed with clark gable mm-hmm. mixed with Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> <laughs> well, although no, the dad is Nigel Thornberry. The dad through is and through. Percent Nigel Thornberry. I love the dad, and I love also the Jane dad. and her dad's relationship. Yes, that's it's so well established. I what, too, I too like, da, 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 da. like she, like they're like, oh my goodness, and they just talk. Like, like they're so clearly family members. Yeah, they're so clearly family members, and they're very close. Mm-hmm. And they're they're there's an they did a good job. Yeah, they like did the, a the very whole thing when job. when when Jane is like sketching Tarzan and like spending way too much time oh, on the eyes. Yeah, He's like, yeah. do I need to? Do you spend some time alone with the chalkboard? Like he can be really playful with her yeah. in a way that I I appreciated a lot. Yeah, because it was like it was fun and sincere. Like it wasn't 
creepy at it all. It wasn't creepy. It was playful, and they were very friendly. It was a it was a believable father daughter exactly. relationship. It definitely was a silly father, and 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 this is where I want to talk about Jean. Well, first of all, Aww. before just just we uh, just want to talk about fucking Jean. Just, just, just I wrote these notes for a reason. Fair enough. Okay, we'll you wait. say you say that uh, the father uh, Archimedes Porter reminds you of Nigel Thornberry. Uh, he's actually voiced by a British actor named Nigel Hawthorne. Close enough, <laughs> Nigel Hawthorne, an esteemed British actor, but probably best known for television work, but also had done past voice work in the two adaptations of Douglas, Ad- not Douglas Adams, uh, Richard Adams' book, uh, Watership Down and Plague Dogs, and had worked with Disney before in Black Cauldron. Oh. Mm. And Cecil Clayton is voiced by uh, the wonderful British actor Brian Blessed, uh, known for comedic and dramatic roles alike. He's also Boss Nass in episode one, I just found out, <laughs> leader of the Gungans. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Brian Blessed is actually the one who performs the Tarzan yell in this movie. Oh, uh, which is interesting because that yell they like pitch it or like they like they have it performed in pitch to the music. Yeah, the musicality of the yell is is much more pronounced here yeah. than if you've ever heard the old film. Oh like, yeah, 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 the old live action film Tarzan yell. Yeah, or Catherine doing it yeah. just now. Because uh, the original or the as it appeared in I the I will uh, do it. All the time. <laughs> On command. On just command. whenever. Guys, guys, Tarzan Yell is kind of like my favorite thing I never get to do anymore. <laughs> because I've aged out of that being like acceptable like behavior. Yeah. You like, just gotta bring it back. It's it's beyond propriety at this point. <laughs> it's like the next time something goes well for you at work. <laughs> the next time you slay a leopard at work. <laughs> Cause you know that's That's what happens in office settings. <laughs> The original Tarzan yell is actually constructed out of several elements, including some animal noises. So it has a rougher kind of, well, more kind of naturalistic and animalistic quality to it. Whereas Brian Blessed's portrayal is, yeah, very musical. Very musical. And and distinctly human. It's really good. It's good. It's just, I was so struck by, it reminded me of like some of the uh, sung portions from like Prince of Egypt. Hmm. Like, it, just the way, kind of, the modality of it sounded very Arabic to me. Mm. And so, yeah, now now we can move now on. Now we can finally talk about Jane. <laughs> Jane, to me, is... She's old news at this point. She's an interesting... She's a fascinating Disney female character. Yeah, she is. So, so, so Jane, to me, is like the human version of a cartoon mouse. Yes. yes. Well, or cartoon bunny. Some sort of mm. some sort of prey animal. I think mouse very specifically. Yeah. And neither- it's not just because she's voiced by somebody named Minnie. Ha 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 ha. Neither- there's just something about like the like her facial structure and her mannerisms Here's that the- I feel like you just need to put some ears and a tail on her, shrink her down and stick her in an episode of Rescue Rangers. I'm going to ruin this for you guys because I know exactly what she looks like. Mm. A who? Down she in does Whoville. look like a who. Mm, a little bit. So, I can see so that. So Greg, I'm going to break I'm going to I'm going to reveal something dark about you. So the fact that you think she looks like a mouse and you've also professed a love for gadget hacks. I, uh, I think you got a thing for a mouse. I, I, I mean, the house of mouse. Through the looking glass. <laughs> I, hope you're, I hope you're okay with that, that study of your character. Hey, if uh, Ian can be the wolf no. guy, I can be the mouse guy. That's true. Fair enough. And also, let's not forget, though, that Tarzan's mom outranks Jane on his list. So, <laughs> And she did not look mouse-like. No, no. <laughs> I'm she, just teasing him. I know. 
Let me um, tease him. No. Okay. But yes, as I said, it's uh, voiced by Minnie Driver, who does a really good job, she I does think. Minnie Driver of Phantom of the Opera <laughs> <Yeah>. fame? <laughs> I Minnie, know her as Minnie Driver of Gross Point Blank fame. Yeah, Minnie Driver of, like, a lot of things. I know. She's <laughs> a fairly popular actress. I know that she's very, like, prolific, but I just don't know what else she's been in. She's done a lot. She's a pretty... She's a she's- fairly prolific actress who, like, who's very funny and, and great, and I... I appreciate her characterization because I like that Jane is clumsy. I mm. like that she's scatterbrained. <laughs> I like that she will just droll on and on about something stupid, like her hair. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved that. All of these little characteristics that made her very real and not this perfect... Because a lot of times I think women in cartoons are portrayed with these really hyper-lionized ideals. Mm-hmm. Like, even Belle. I read. I'm so smart. Like, you know... Jane is smart, but she's also kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of a mess. She's a hot mess. Like she really is. Like like that when 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 she says very nice and she's like, "Oh, thank you." And she's talking about her. Yeah, she's like, "I, I can't, can't do anything this with humidity." It. <laughs> like I was like, "Same girl, same." That was actually <laughs> like the one time I audibly chuckled as I watched this alone. Like, she, <laughs> I think she, I would also draw a comparison to her against like other women in adventure stories like Rachel from the the mummy movies. Oh, she's also bookish. There's always the, There's, the bookish girl on adventure. Bookish. Yeah. But There's like, no other reason a woman will travel but unless like, she's bookish. <laughs> compared to compared to like, for example, Rachel. There's like a properness that Rachel has that the character's Jane name does isn't not. Rachel. Sorry, who, who am I who am I thinking of? You're Evelyn. thinking of her you're name thinking is of the actress's actress name Rachel, Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss. Okay, Evelyn, yeah, sorry. And the actress's name is Evie. Like God plebeian it's like you haven't seen the mummy movies 500 times and watched them with me which i know you have at least only, only of like the five one time. times yeah yeah okay. <laughs> sorry sorry evie yeah evie is much more like prim and proper kind of i was gonna say that kind was of like um society girl as I, opposed to yeah. jane who is like very uninhibited in this environment that yeah. was one of my objections or one of my sort of gripes with the portrayal of the Victorian characters is that they weren't quite Victorian enough. Like in the, the, yeah, in Tarzan, I need them a little, like I need them 30 to 40% more repressed. (laughs) Like I personally liked it because it, it was that they're, they're out in the wild. Yeah, so they it's don't like, feel they yeah, need they, to. They're they're beyond the eyes of society, so they can and they, just be but themselves. They, they bring that up. Yeah, yeah. They bring up. Do like, they bring that up? Oh yeah, they talk about like I belong in society with people. You know, like come on, like with people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do a good mini driver impression. I'm sorry. I can try though. <laughs> to mini driver's credit, uh, that was a really solid uh, like RP English accent. She is. Is she English? Yes. Okay. I thought she was American. <laughs> She's English. She just the been only in a role, lot of American. The She's only a really she does I a really good American accent. Okay. Well also the only role I've seen her in was one in which she had an Italian accent. <laughs> she is in a she's a maestro. <laughs> she's a British woman. Okay. Yeah. Well Minnie Driver, you do your country's accent very well. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely sound like the place you're from. Yeah. The and yeah, she's I don't know. I really dig her as a character because she is so deeply flawed. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she like gets distracted drawing a little monkey. She's mean to the monkey. She's, she's the kind monkey. of an asshole to the monkey. I was like, it's kind of a dick. But then I like that she, the way she talks to the like the baboon flock. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, Oh, I, I told you they'd be cross with you. <laughs> yeah. Don't, please don't go too, easy on him. Don't be too hard on him. Yeah, yeah. And then swarm of monkeys I descends love, upon her. I love this sequence, even though like 
visually there's a lot going on the things i love most about her are like when she gets lost and she's screaming for help and tarzan looks back and he rolls his eyes like yeah, oh, i gotta rescue there's her a lot of, there's a lot of really good little comic moments throughout this yeah. like when she loses her shoe yeah. and daddy yeah, they, they took my boot they took my boot fumbling with the umbrella and getting caught on things and the there's there's like one moment where she like slips from tarzan's grasp and uses his, his toes, toes to catch to her catch toes her. it was i feel like that awakens something in somebody <laughs> They were like, oh. not me, not me. <laughs> there, there were definitely scenes in this movie that I, I, I remember, and I was like, oh, this totally did it for somebody. I, I just know it. Yeah. Well, they this are. This is a thing for someone somewhere. <laughs> they, they escape the the monkeys and uh, Which, when, those when they, monkeys, when they... though. I gotta say, like the fact that there was like twenty five of them and they moved like, like you said, like a swarm was so cool. The way yeah, they, did they, it. they do a great job. And They're then intimidating. The, and then the end, the like resolution five, five is him talking to well, them and. But, so so like they 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 get to a tree and there's like a branch falling from above and uh Tarzan Cabedon's yeah. uh, Jane which if you're unfamiliar with the term Cabedon this is something from Japanese pop culture oh. is sort of like an alpha like an alpha guy, move. guy move to like <laughs> Assert your dominance, S- like slam your hand up against the wall next to like your object of affection. And oh, as like, you're like trying to walk away. Yeah, and be like, boom! I'm here. I'm intimidating. Oh, see, me. but that's not what he's doing. He, it, he, it isn't. But he, that was what okay, came to mind. So <laughs> I'm sorry that that's what came to mind because that kind of is Just, the opposite of what he's doing, which is. It's a protective move, move to make sure that the tree doesn't fall on her. No, I know that. He's it was... shielding her. No, but when you're drawing it to that comparison, <laughs> that's a move of like kind of aggression and a little bit like of somebody trying to intimidate somebody into possibly liking them, which is gross. <laughs> Whereas which this is, is... Which doesn't work, believe me. <laughs> I've literally tried everything at this point. <laughs> Like staged elaborate like, monkey escapes. I I don't know. Yeah, I, I paid like was... five thousand dollars to rent those monkeys. <laughs> like I get that it is. I get that that's okay. Like I'm gonna. St- it's just sort of an I'm, iconic. I'm image. about to reveal some things about me. I get that that's hot. Okay. Like, <laughs> like I get that the like protecting her is hot, but like it's hot because he's trying to protect her, not because he's trying to assert dominance over her. And the second you said that, that kind of ruined it for me. And so that's don't, our goal yeah, right now is to, <laughs> to ruin, ruin this, this for movie you. for me. Like <laughs> then you'll have no choice but to agree with me about how hot prince eric is no because he's still like number 10 on the list like well, so, the beast beats him beast human form and beast form beat prince eric well, what about beast, forte uh, <laughs> human forte's secret number one. <laughs> oh man at any rate yeah the scene between tarzan and jane where they are bridging scene. the language gap this is like so so much better than how they tried to do it in Pocahontas. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I love this scene where he does the hand thing, and he's like, "Oh my god, we have the same hands." And she's especially because it echoes back to him it, doing with, the hand thing with the mom. Yeah, you know. and and he's like, "Oh my god, you look like me," and that's what he's thinking. But she's thinking, "Oh god, oh god," and I'm, she's this audibly is how I die. saying, <laughs> "Like I'm I'm in the jungle with the crazy man." Like she's flipping out. And I was kind of like, oh, I like this. This is a great scene. Yeah, yeah. Because they're on totally different pages. Mm-hmm. It's great. And yeah, his his little impressions and Tarzan. Very nice. Yeah. Very appara- nice. He, he apparently has the vocal capabilities of a lyrebird because he can I- imitate gunshots. Yeah. Clayton. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful scene. And then I have to say, we have to talk about the scene because even as a little kid, how old was I? I was 10 when this movie came out. Even I, seeing the scene where he puts his head in between her breasts, I was like, <laughs> that's oh, not appropriate. Oh, boy, that's inappropriate. 
<laughs> so yeah, it does. And then when she brings when he brings her to his chest, she's and, like, she's, oh, oh. and she's like kind of freaking out, like what is happening? Yeah, <laughs> all of that is just so well done by Money Driver. I love that whole scene between them. And well, it's in that scene where I think the propriety that she's trying to uphold it makes more, you know, like it's more consistent with what I expect. But I also appreciate the fact that they're able to show the inappropriateness of what Tarzan is doing while at the same time making it super clear that he does not see it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think there's an that, innocence to his exact, boundary breaking. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's still apparent. Like now we're older and wiser viewing, like even looking back on this, I'm like, you know what? It still comes across the same. Does it, There doesn't seem anything dirty or inappropriate or mm-hmm. gross about this scene. It's played very sweetly it and innocently. Sweet. Yeah. And I think that I, I got to give them credit for that because I mean, believe me, I really like I try to make the scene dirty for myself. <laughs> like I said, I saw the movie alone, so um, and it just it doesn't work. No, it's not a dirty movie. It's <laughs> no, a pure. It Blatant on the other hand. It was, yeah. So, so who is your pairing? I think it's pretty obvious, but my one true pairing for this movie, at least, um, it's Clayton and Clayton the dad. And Kerchak. No, no, it's Clayton and Tarzan. Oh, gross! I can't, like, I can't abide by that. No, oh, that's, that's one of those like one of those like Harry Draco kinds of oh. ships, you know, like where they like hate each other, but that's what makes it so hot. And also, it's like, not for me. So, you know, He's not for like, me. That ship has sailed. I'm gonna make back to England, I'm and they s- told them everyone died. <laughs> Spoilers. Like, that's oh, I hate you. What? Because here's the thing. Here's the I thing. Know I've you're not been alone. You know, I've I've been to the Rule Thirty Four page already. <laughs> well, I mean, I was doing research for the episode. How bad was it? Um, there was well, there was a lot of. Like, just Tarzan the character. Yeah. Like, because they didn't associate the tags, yeah. I guess. This is the problem with folksonomic tagging people, am I right? <laughs> um, this is why we really need people with, like, library science degrees to taxonomize our pornography. <laughs> yeah. That's a thing that needs to happen. I think that's the best use of our we're all on the same page on that one. All right, guys. While Tarzan and Jane are bonding in the tree, Tarzan's old friends... Uh, Turk and the elephant. They're still his friends. Trash the camp. And What's the elephant's name? Um, bu- 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 t- t- tang, tang. Tantor. 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 They don't cut him open and sleep in him. <laughs> but they could. I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. Tantor is voiced by Wayne Knight, better known from the Seinfeld TV show and, and Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Can't get away from those Jurassic Park people. They're uh, everywhere. Originally, Woody Allen was cast for this part, Ugh. but Jeffrey Katzenberg, because he left Disney and went and started his own company, DreamWorks, he was like, hey, Woody Allen, come be in our movie, Ants, oh, and, Dream- and DreamWorks will distribute your next four pictures. Oh, thank Oof. God. That was the best decision, because I would hate this movie if Woody Allen was in it. <laughs> I'm just not a Woody Allen fan. I, I am not a Woody Allen fan, and as time goes on, I'm not a fan of him as a person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... Oh, boy. Well, and it's interesting in the story at this point because Turk and uh, Tantor. Tantor are like, oh, he's off. Actually, no, they, they, they express the sentiment that like, oh, he's off spending time with his new friends now. I did kind of feel like I wanted to see more interaction between Tarzan and those characters. So it was kind of like, oh, I'm feeling what they're feeling in this moment. Yeah. So I'm Whereas, feeling separated from them. Yeah. But I never really felt like he had a strong bond with him in the first place, maybe with Turk, but not less so with Tantor. I, I 
I don't know. I don't like the trash in the camp scene. That's that, that sequence. The sequence. I'm glad it's is, short. It's fine. Like it's it's honestly, it is the lowest part of the movie for me. This is the, this is the moment where I'm like, all right, I can walk away now. I, yeah. Tarzan's not on screen. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And he, like the the whole construction of the sequence is like they're going through the camp and like messing with the. Scientific human artifacts and artifacts and, and instruments books, and stuff and yeah. just like making noise music out of it and i was thinking it's supposed to have like a stomp yeah feel stomp was oh. actually like kind of on the rise and so it would have been in the zeitgeist around the time this was okay. being produced so i but it's not great i think that that may have been a uh, factor but one of the problems w- with it is that it's really apparent that all the rhythmic elements of like objects making noise are they like disappear. a single are like a single sample that's like mapped to a key yeah. And they're just playing that sample over and over again. As opposed to having like Foley artists produce multiple Yeah, like samples. actually having like a stomp ensemble doing a performance with various Oh, objects. yeah, yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah. So I wonder how it works in the actual stage musical if it plays better. It does play a lot better. All right. So I've seen the stage musical and it's actually... Well, they, they changed Turk's character to a male. And change it back because he's a, he he's was a, originally male. Yeah. And then they cast her; they all made her female, and now um, they they make him male. And I think it might have literally just been the actor who played Turk. He was so good and so likable and so watchable that this scene was like actually a pleasure, actually a pleasure. And then and I saw this in two thousand six, so okay, I so saw this when, when you were it like came f- out. Yeah, 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 I was like seventeen. Yeah, like a fully. Um, grown adult yeah it was 2006 2009 i can't remember 2006 or 2009 uh it was i I have a couple like new york trips like burned into my brain as like when i went it might have been 2009 i might be mixing up six and nine well either way like you're way older and you appreciated it on a different level i appreciated him and i and the trash in the camp scene was much more watchable because what they did too is they incorporated a lot more elements of dance. Yeah, and so I was going to say musical, that's an opportunity you get. So you get this cool stomp experience that's live action. Whereas in here, it's like, this isn't super fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like dancing in cartoons is, you know, really only good if Gene Kelly's next to a mouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, like Julie Andrews if, and some penguins. and Or if you're doing something like really super stylized. Yeah. And really emphasizing the, the movement of characters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it um so Jean returns back to the camp and she gives this long winded oh, man. rant this that is, is kind of all the best part. one take. It's all one take. It's yeah. all one her entire rant is one continuous animated shot. And I was yeah, watching yeah, it and yeah. I'm like Oh, I thought you meant the, and the I looked it voice. Up. I looked it up. Well the, no, the voice performance too. Oh, they that's actually great. I, I I know something from Wikipedia. I don't know if you know this, or did you know this and you were gonna say it and I ruined it for you. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is like one of the longest shots in animation, and it is because they let Mini Driver improv this rant, and they loved it so much. They're like, let's just do a long shot where Jane just does this, and they <laughs> they took exactly like what she was doing, and and there was monkeys, and da-da-da-da. and like and they they took it, and they were like, this is so great, like so watchable, like we should make this animated, yeah. and so that's exactly what they did. That is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. The boot, the pointing at the boot. And they took my boot. (laughs) Yeah, she was so frustrated with that. So Tarzan goes back to the grills and he has one of the saddest scenes ever because the gorilla dad is like, you can't go near the humans. And he's like, but they're fine. And he goes, no. And no, then, they're not hairy. All humans are nothing like us. Yeah. He has that moment. <laughs> and then, but then he comes, he goes to Glen Coast and he says, 
why didn't you tell me there were p- creatures that looked like me? And I'm like, she never told him about his, like, where he came from, <laughs> that he wasn't alone. Well, that happens later. And it broke my heart a little bit because I was suddenly like, oh, dude, that would be devastating if you were just like, oh, I'm a freak of nature. <laughs> and then, oh, turns out Other, I'm not. Yeah. I'm part like, of a whole bunch of freaks of nature. I'm a whole bun- <laughs> a bunch of hairless freaks of nature who sweat and have been able to conquer the earth. <laughs> <laughs> because of it. <laughs> because of our ability to sweat <laughs> and team up with dogs. <laughs> it's really fun reading about like why early humans are as successful as they were. And it's all because of sweating and dogs. <laughs> Which is funny because those are like two things I'm not terribly fond <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah, like, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, those are weird things and it's like... See, maybe one of yet. one of maybe one of the things that draws Jane to Tarzan, is, and you can't really convey it in film, is his Jungle Man taint musk. <gasps> yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Why are you like this? <laughs> I ruined it for me. Thanks, thanks, Greg. Thanks for ruining things. That for me. actually just improved though my Clayton Tarzan ship. Oh, so Did you guys know? Okay, so you know how in scary movies we see somebody running from someone but that person's just sort of walking slowly behind them mm-hmm. and that person's running and that person's walking slowly behind them like like in my clayton tarzan <laughs> like in your clothes, yes. so apparently like that is what we used to do to animals we would just like oh yeah we yeah just in, we, 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 we would have stamina endurance and, yeah. them we would endurance them and so we would be walking slowly after them as they were running and eventually they'd get so exhausted and we would them. just catch up and then we so just, the thing we fear most is us <laughs> <laughs> It was man. It was man all along. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love all this. Like, you know, because Tarzan brings up this idea of, of, of man without man. society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's an interesting, like, what are we? You yeah. know, what are we really? Well, after uh, Jane is telling telling them about Tarzan, I like that they don't drag it out with it being like, with A him secret. being like this mysterious figure. Like, he just shows up. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. hey. And she's just like, hey, Howdy. third montage. <laughs> And I like this song. This is, I do too. This is I will the, say though, prior to this montage, so there's the aforementioned blackboard scene. Mm-hmm. And this to me, like, when I think about animated films and I think about art in animated films, there's always like this weird kind of question mark. So we see earlier that there's like a portrait when uh, Kala discovers baby Tarzan mm-hmm. and she sees the portrait of him and his family. And it's done like in a very painterly way. Mm-hmm. And then so now in this scene, I'm thinking about Jane doing a blackboard representation of Tarzan. And the funny thing is, like, Tarzan basically looks exactly the way that she represents him in chalk. So are we to believe that, like, she's doing a very lifelike yes. portrait? She's a... No, no, no. But like, I mean, I know she's a good artist, but, like, but I'm talking about, like, photorealistic. But <laughs> she is. But, like, that's the thing is, did you ever, ever look at naturalist journals i definitely of have that time period yeah but it is but very not photo- chalk i mean right but it, but the idea is that it is very photorealistic mm-hmm. and the idea is that it is very uh close to concept because they're trying to because they didn't have pictures they had to this was what they had to do this was the only way to do a representation so from a scientific perspective and the fact that she works with her father in expeditions to draw basically, yeah 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 she's gonna do lifelike but in the other direction it's interesting to think since animation and well, cartooning is a representational art form already mm-hmm. that when you are depicting a representation a representational art of a representation in it, it's like, do you make it look worse than that's the, what I'm wondering than yeah. the world? Or do you just leave it at that same kind of level of representation? Yeah. Uh, and I, I, 
Yeah, that's that's something interesting to think about, because like I've seen things where they go the other way and like the cartoon element when the characters are being animated is like, oh, cartoony. But then they do like a cutaway to like a painting of them and they look really extra realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like really weird, like in that portrait of Tarzan and his family or like, oh, my God, I can't even think of other examples. Uh, I guess Prince Adam Mm. in Beauty and the Beast, you know, or or taken to the extreme, like the various cutaway gags and like Ren and Stimpy, which are extra detailed compared to what they're representing. Oh, yeah. yeah, Like when they do close ups on gross fingernails and (laughs) stuff like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, so now we have the song Strangers Like Me, which, yes, mo- montage number three as uh, oh, so many Tarzan montages. is introduced to a slideshow. The of- montages are fun because they get to show you a lot of things happening at once. <laughs> no, and I, I like that. Reminding everyone of what's going on. <laughs> also, there, I noted that we there was a, a there was a really great bit of mouth animation uh, on Tarzan when they're reading the book. Oh, see Jane run. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that too. He's like, run. <laughs> yeah, you can make out very clearly what, what he's saying, saying in that moment. Yeah. Also, uh, that sweet mouth animation though. <laughs> when uh, when Jane is like trying to draw that bird and it flies away, and Tarzan's like, "I know where they are," and takes her up to like the parrot heaven, like parrot haven, and and is just like, "Yeah, look." And the lion, come and see, come with me now and see my world. I think those are beyond your dreams. I think those are specifically Conyers. Okay, oh. Mr. Bird Expert. <laughs> how about we go toe to toe in Bird Law and see how much you know then? <laughs> bird Law. Don't worry about it. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's, it's oh, like a really I, I, this was like a Harvey Birdman reference. <laughs> sort of. Um, Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. I, I think that the way they show them falling in love in this montage is also really sweet. And mm-hmm. it harpen, harks back to like one of the big themes of this movie, which is Tarzan belongs in the jungle. Um, he belongs in his quote unquote adopted world is he says, come with me now and see my world. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're showing me your world. Like, there's no like. I want to go to this magical land. Right. It's like, oh, this is cool, but look at how cool my place is too. Like, I got cool stuff here. Like, and it's, I don't know. It's the sequence is really sweet. Yeah. So, what does Tarzan eat? Okay, so like we see one of the things I really, 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 really hate about some vegan people is they're like gorillas are the strongest creatures in the earth and they're vegetarian no they're not they eat insects okay so <laughs> insects. insects are filled so with protein and they many. actually show it in this during one of the yeah with yeah. him the, using the elephant's yeah. trunk to to expel the termites from their nests yeah, like yeah. yes they eat a lot of plants but they also eat a lot of insects and we honestly should start eating insects too like i'm all for cricket protein i think it's a good idea yeah. um I'm sure we can synthesize the flavors out. Oh, I've eaten it. It's fine. Yeah. It, not to, not to harp this about like my anti-vegan crusade. I'm <laughs> not that person at all. I'm simply saying that one of my... I don't like that, that that's a big thing that people say all the time is that gorillas and apes are vegan or vegetarian. They're not. They're absolutely not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, Tarzan's probably eating a lot of bugs. Yeah, all the bugs. He's probably eating a lot of bugs for those gains. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not I. I, I mean, he's I'm got like wiry well-versed. gains. Though. I'm not as well versed in bro science as you are. Indeed. Um, <laughs> but just saying, and I and I say this by the way as a vegan, <laughs> as someone who practices veganism, I don't like the gorillas are vegan because I just because you're like no, they're, they're actually they're, not. They're not like they're really not, <laughs> and and it's okay that they're not. Like we don't have to impose our our, our beliefs on yeah. animals. Rabbits are. <laughs> we vegan. taught a lion to eat tofu. <laughs> like, 
I love that Futurama episode. I just, yeah, I say this is a practicing vegan. I just want to make it clear because it's, it, I don't know why it bothers me, but it bothers me so much because <laughs> they use it as an example of why we don't need like protein. meat for protein. Like they're the strongest animal in the world and they don't eat meat. And it's like, but they eat insects <laughs> and a lot of them. How we do we cut, get we back cut, to what we were talking? We can about. cut so much of that. <laughs> just, just me. Well, well, Jane and Tarzan's courtship is cut short by the arrival of the boat that's supposed to take them all back to yeah. England. And, and this I, whole time, Clayton has been sort of like trying, trying to, to find the gorillas. Yeah, he really wants to see the gorillas. He wants to, yeah, he wants to see them. That's all. He yeah. only wants to see the gorillas. He wants to see the gorillas. Don't, don't read anything else into his motivations. He's and, definitely not a villainous character with a villainous mustache. <laughs> he's not sinister at all. <laughs> oh and, no, uh, and and the ne- definitely... neck directly into back that most villain oh, characters have. Man, a wide neck though. <laughs> I mean, and also he had huge biceps. And his jaw, like, went up, like, two-thirds the side of his face. Yeah, I I hope you guys understand why Clayton and Tarzan are my one true pairing. (laughs) I mean, I get why you're into Clayton. I actually don't see, like, Tarzan's... We're, you know, we'll talk off cast about this. Tarzan is not really a type that you have shown interest in before. And so I just, I think it's interesting. Okay. Okay. I mean, Tarzan is my number two of my Disney top three. Yeah, he's he's my number one, 100%. It's probably just because he's got those sweet gains. <laughs> sweet thighs. Sweet, sweet gains. <laughs> um, so, sweet bug gains. <laughs> Tarzan is intent on keeping jane there as long as he can because like she would she would be leaving otherwise and clayton convinces tarzan oh jane wants to see the gorillas why don't you take us to see the gorillas and so he's like good idea that's a good idea impress the girl i like and he he takes them to see the gorillas while using turk and the elephant to distract kerchak (laughs) i forgot the the moment with turk in the dress and like i really i think it's a little revealing (laughs) she just has it draped over the front of her um the yeah the the meeting between kala and the human entourage like i always i always wonder in these moments where a character is like sort of improvising animal noises, which is supposed to be representative of a language. Yeah. Like it's, it's gotta just be pure gibberish to the creatures, but they play it. Like she's actually learned enough about, I don't know. Things to at least like form statements. I here's, I would, I would say, yeah, I agree with you. If it weren't gorillas who know how to speak sign language, like we know we can teach gorillas to speak sign language and they can form sign language sentence structures the communication that they're able to say like the famous story of the gorilla with the pet kitten oh yeah where she and and what she said was my kitten died and now i'm sad she said that sentence structure not kitten dead sad yeah i'm sad like Mm -hmm. she 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 acknowledged that it's a sadness within her Mm -hmm. that the fact there was another crazy story of a chimpanzee, which is a different animal, but that was able to understand like they she kept saying, I want to go outside. And he said, no, there's a dog out there. And he knows she's scared of dogs. And she said, oh, I don't want to go outside now. She conceptualized that something was outside that she couldn't see. She could not see it and was able to communicate to him. So I mm-hmm. think it's OK to say that Tarzan can teach Jane how to say one phrase in gorilla Jane stays with Tarzan that's a con like like the fact that I've just shown examples of chimpanzees and apes understanding much more complex things <laughs> like I'm just saying this movie does its homework and it's good it's in the extended version of the treetop scene yeah they learn sign language <laughs> but like I'm if if apes can communicate with us on that level there's no doubt in my mind that there is some sort of 
language happening between their family structures, mm. it might not be ooh, ah, ee, ah, ooh. It's probably something else. Mm. But at the very least, like, it's happening. It's just maybe a language beyond our understanding. It's life, Jim, but not as we know it. <laughs> it's language, Jim, but not as we know it. Well, it seems like from this encounter is when Kala... Like, the, the whole thing about not telling Tarzan about other humans is it seems in this moment that Kala realizes that there are other humans and that the ones that Tarzan's parents in the treehouse weren't, like, anomalies in and of themselves. It's like, oh, okay, there is, there are more of them there out there. There is a species yeah. of. Yeah, she, it's in that moment. That it feels like she's recognizing not that she was withholding information from him, but that she didn't have the, the whole she picture She didn't have the either. whole story. Yeah. yeah, which is fair. I mean, how could she know? Mm-hmm. But then they do go back to the treehouse and... Uh, well, no, Kerchak comes and sees that and, oh, yeah, yeah. and and scares Jane and Tarzan hurts Kerchak, uh, which is... Disruptive int- of the social order. Which is disruptive of the sh- social order, number one. Number two, it shows that Tarzan's stronger than him, which is interesting. Mm. And it, it That's what Clayton likes about him. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought that was really interesting that he hurts him in order to protect Jane, mm. and that's like a big like uh oh. Yeah. And then we go back to the tree. And we go back to the treehouse, and, and Tarzan puts on a suit, and I'm not gonna lie, I was into that. Okay. Oh well, man. There's a couple things I want to say about this scene. First of all, that like okay, when he's when he's looking at the picture and seeing him and his parents, he's like that that in the the little baby in the picture. That's me, right? And Kala's like, yes. And then I felt like he should then go on to say, and those skeletons in the corner. <laughs> That's those are the other them, people, right? Those are, those, they're dust now. Or Kala went and removed them. <laughs> I could see that. Also, I could see her like tidying up the crime scene. Yeah. The clothing Tarzan is wearing is his dead father's. Who would have had said. a totally different build? <laughs> really? Well, it's sweet. Guys, he's accepting his his his, his, his humanity. I know. Or his humanness. I don't well, I don't mean to undercut the the it's a very appropriate s- dramatic Profundity. profundity of the scene and it's just, a very sweet <laughs> i read things very literally they get into so the only part about him wearing the suit that i had questions of was when they get in the boat we don't hear jane going where did you get the suit <laughs> like, yeah yeah i feel like it's within her character to question that and like i almost wanted a comic scene where he's trying to figure out how clothing works no jane and jane and her dad have already shown him Oh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He gets it. He knows the concept. He's, He's seen the slides. <laughs> Saw the slides. God, Greg, it's like you didn't even watch the third montage. Um, that was funny, though, the way they did the slides, because it's all like Victorian like clip art, like engraving. It yes. is also 100% the exact same thing that you see in... The Jungle Book live action, where it's the same slides of pictures. Oh, I never saw the Jungle Book live action. Oh, it's my favorite movie. We've got to show you it. It's right. so good, dude. Okay. Dude, dude. John Cleese. <laughs> Sam like Neill. Uh, Lena Headey. Carrie Wait. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I did make I've you watch that this. one. I thought we were talking about the more recent live <laughs> no, action no, no, Jungle no. Book. No, no, no. I'm talking about the Jungle Book with Jesus Scully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that I've seen. Greg, stop giggling what? over my fangirlness. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know you like a feral man. <laughs> Who doesn't like a feral Who man? Who doesn't? Clayton certainly does. <laughs> I'm really going to drive this ship home. No, that's going like, to... Or sorry, steer. No. <laughs> Pull it into port. But it's never going to... You're never going to steer this ship into cannon, and I just need you to understand that. I know that. that. <laughs> um, we get on the boat, and it turns out, oh no, Clayton wants to murder all the gorillas. And no, he doesn't want to murder them. Or he capture wants to all capture of them, them yeah. and then sell them for like 40 pounds a piece. 
uh, 300 pounds sterling a head. Oh, that's what it was. So it's actually, that's substantially more. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, because 40 and pounds isn't a lot. Tarzan is pretty upset about this and screams, and his friends come and rescue him. Mm-hmm. Well, so in this sequence, there are a couple little things that stood out to me. When they're initially boarding the boat, the through uh, like there's a ladder come down from the ship onto the rowboat, and Tarzan kind of slips with it, climbing up it. Like, he doesn't have as sure footing on this. And then in the fight that ensues on the deck of the boat, he's up in the rigging and the masts and also slipping around and not being able to move as, as he steadily as jungle. he would in the jungle. So yeah. he's he yeah he's better in nature than he is among the constructions of mankind. Yeah, because is, that's where he belongs. No, yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting at. I'm saying that these are cool details that they incorporated into that scene. Yeah. To it's, that end. It's a good scene. Although when his friends... So, so uh, Turk and... God, the elephant's name. Tantor. Tantor. So when Turk and Tantor, <laughs> Turk and Tantor are uh, responding to Tarzan's cry, Clayton is at this point heading off the ship back onto land because he's told his uh, swabbies that like, oh, there's been a change in plans. We're, we, we're going to do something else before we leave. And so he's off to capture the, uh, the, the gorillas. Um, Tantor falls in the water from a... From like a fifty foot Sagarine cliff, height. like like in, like directly in front of him, and he does not seem to register this at all. Eh. Eh. <laughs> Jungle weirdness, whatever. <laughs> Elephants fall into oceans. It happens. It's it's a thing that happens in the jungle. The laws That's of the a, land don't apply. Here. That's a good point. So they rescue him. He gets. I gotta say, I really would have enjoyed this movie more without Turk and Tantor. I think that they're fun. I like them. I don't think they add enough to it. But in fact, that they add so little that their presence actually feels like a detraction. Okay, well, I disagree with that. I think that they are in it just enough. Like I, I like, love, I like Turk more than Tantor, and I wish I, that, that that Turk had more of a role in things. But I like Tantor's line when he's a little baby, and he's like, "Mom, is this water sanitary? It looks questionable <laughs> to me." What about what bacteria? A, like, it's a cute little like hypochondriac child, and I'm like, that's adorable. <laughs> also. I also like his line when he's thinking about like what species is Tarzan. Was like maybe he's an elephant. He enjoys a peanut. I enjoy a peanut. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's a very yeah. Like he's a good character. I I think that they're both fine. Like it's they're not the main characters, so they don't need. No, to be I know. But like in terms of supporting cast, like still Beauty and the Beast has them all beat. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast will always have the best supporting cast because uh, the fa- yeah. They just did such a good job with it. But I think that they're better than some other supporting cast For sure. who we've yeah. seen before. Like <laughs> Pocahontas? <laughs> what? I Pocahontas love Miko. Miko. And also like you. Ethel Merman. <laughs> with you? I'm talking or, about sorry, Mulan. Ethel Mertz. I'm talking about Mulan. I'm not a big fan of the cricket. But. Yeah, this is something I didn't mention when we were talking about Mulan. That cri- we hate the cricket. Well, cr- <laughs> Cricky is a creation of veteran Disney artist and story guy joe grant who worked at disney like basically his entire life and he was like in his 90s when they were working on mulan and he's like how about this cricket character and like he he insisted on that character being in the movie and everyone else was just kind of like fine Uh, whatever (laughs) (laughs) this is like (laughs) like during like they said like during story meetings they would be like plotting everything out and he'd be like what's the cricket up to and it's like we don't (laughs) care about the damn cricket (laughs) and he likes he he slipped like drawings 
of the cricket doing things under the director's door at night. Oh, man. So, so he got so him with his cricket. Cricky is very much there <laughs> the to appease the one guy who just happened to like the, have like seniority. The, yeah, the, the, and like like, and like a such legacy. seniority. Yeah, it's yeah. Like he had like a direct it's connection so, with Walt. That's so fun. <laughs> Cricky. I'm gonna do that to you guys now. Come to your houses, slip things, slip, slip little crickets under your door, but living ones. I was gonna say, there's oh, gonna be no. live crickets, and then it's gonna be an issue. And they have to be like pregnant female crickets. Oh, God. <laughs> swarm. <laughs> I cast swarm. Oh, jeez. Well, so Clayton and everyone are in the jungle. Well, Clayton's hunting the gorillas, and Tarzan catches up to him, and big fight. Yeah. Big fight with a grisly finish. Yeah, this is like oh, one of the darker. Oh, this is one of the more gruesome Disney deaths. His Disney dive. Well, it's a variation on a Disney dive. It's I'll a say. Very. It's a. But it's a very. And I love that Tarzan realizes really early on what's going to happen if he keeps chopping. Yeah. Because yeah. it makes me think like he's had enough missteps mm-hmm. with these vines and almost done this to himself. It's like, enough. oh, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> cutting it, he's like, don't do that. And so he's trying to stop him. Like, Clayton, no, Clayton, yeah. no. Because yeah. at first, like, Tarzan is using the vines to, like, ensnare him and prevent him from firing his rifle and just sort of slowing him down. And then as it as it escalates... They're like dangling from a tree canopy, and yeah, so Tarzan is like backed up against the trunk, and Clayton is trying to hack through the vines to get to him, and is He's cutting through the vines. And yeah, and like there's one around his neck that he isn't, at least not cognizant of, but Tarzan sees. Yeah, so I like that Tarzan kind of sets him up inadvertently for his demise, but does not. But he tries to also. He stop also tries him. to stop yeah, it yeah. once he realizes what's happening. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's, so a, yeah, so it, it's Clayton. Yeah, like falls to his falls to his death because yeah he's hung by the vine and we see we only we see him falling and then we only see the vine like snap taut and then Tarzan like uh, and then we see his machete you see his machete and Tarzan like laying up against the the roots of the tree and then a flash of lightning and his legs hanging in silhouette against the tree trunk and yeah. so like I like, the, the, it's more just his not just his leg it's, it's like his torso yeah. down. the fact that we can see that is is I think like really gruesome, but also the like, shadow of like, a swinging corpse. Like I, yeah. I wonder how they got away with that because like it seemed it's like, very very, very dark, dark and gruesome. Like now as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like I, I that's like real. <laughs> like that was, yeah yeah. Well, this movie did open with a child death and parents death. Like you know the little baby monkey that yeah. shit. <laughs> Sorry, I, some, I ape ape. I need to be better ape. Oh. That little monkey is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is an ape, but seriously, that was one cute monkey. <laughs> In the course of the fight with Clayton, Clayton does fire his gun and grazes Tarzan's arm. Yeah, uh, that oh, he leaves- grazes a lot more of his anatomy in my in my ship. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. So the the wound from the bullet remains on Tarzan long enough that then they do show it being bandaged uh, bandaged later. However, uh, earlier on in the movie, when Tarzan is fighting that jaguar, that jaguar like gets him across the chest and like you see blood. Yeah. And then like the next scene, that wound is nowhere to be found. (laughs) That's fine. I'm just saying Tarzan is better in nature than... (laughs) Yeah, in a way, it does. It he has does. fast healing against like nature-based wounds. <laughs> <Exactly>. Oh, let's <laughs> natural I, attacks. I, I was actually thinking about this. I don't think Tarzan is not a druid. No, he's like he's a, a, ranger. He's a ranger. He's 100% no a ranger. He's a hundred percent a ranger. So he's more like a scout. I don't know his 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 ability to mimic makes me think he took some bard classes. Mm, I mean, like ventriloquism is like a zero level 
like spell like a okay cantrip. fine so, so then he does have some spells as a ranger well maybe it's a maybe it's like a long cloth with a spell like ability <laughs> is he or is he just a barbarian oh yeah. yeah this is this is the tough we're asking the tough questions everybody like what super D&D agile barbarian or pathfinder class is is Tarzan because I like this game that we've played so far is <laughs> ascribing okay, character classes because like Ariel is a bard <laughs> without question I think Bell is a scholar of some kind, so like probably an archivist, a, an or, archivist something. or something. Who's the third one? Aladdin is a thief. <laughs> Duh. Without question. For Lion King, Simba is... Noble. <laughs> yeah, he's noble. He's an NPC type. Um, he's the NPC aristocrat NBC class. NPC aristocrat class. <laughs> Who's next after Lion King? Is... Is it Pocahontas? Yeah. Okay. Oh, druid. She's druid. She's druid 100% druid. And she's definitely druid because she can spell cast. That is true. And she, has that, and she has that ability to like, like I don't know. She's, she has some, some. She has like visions and stuff. Yeah. Though. like she, she, seems, she has some sort of she, some, tie, some sort of tie with the elemental plane of air. Yeah. She is definitely <laughs> a divine spellcaster. So the next we have. Hercules. Quasimodo. No, no, uh, Quasimodo, yeah. Quasimodo. This is uh, a tough one. Hmm. Yeah. I like an expert. With I'm going to say a- priest. <laughs> I'm going to say cleric because he lives in a church. That's, <laughs> I'm you know what? Even one, monk. Right. <laughs> monk, I could see. I could see monk because he like, lives a right, solitary life. Let's see monk. He practices crafts and he's got like crafts. strong unarmed attacks. Yeah. You know what? Monk. Yeah, monk. Okay. okay. Hercules so, is a fighter, of course. Of he's course. a fighter. Of course. He has to have like some like half god template. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mulan is also a fighter. Okay. So then that brings us to... Tarzan, who's a ranger. Yeah, yeah. I love that we did this, guys. Thanks. It. <laughs> are, are you hinting at what your next campaign is going to be? No. Oh. <laughs> I was looking forward to picking a Disney leading character and throwing you off and going with one of the rescuers. <laughs> oh, we forgot about the rescuers who are like they're aw- awakened mice investigators. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. There we go. Um, great. Okay. So let's, let's finish this movie now that we've taken that very long pause. Uh, so the ranger, Tarzan, has now... Kerchak dies. Yes. And Tarzan... He acknowledges Tarzan as a son. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is very sweet. It's sweet. It's a nice moment. And Tarzan becomes king, basically. Or of leader. the troop. He becomes leader of the troop. And so he knows that his troop place is, is in the jungle. And he, he goes and says goodbye to Jane who, while on the boat, suddenly realizes what a mistake she's made because her dad says... Like, not the boat boat. Like, like the, the little boat. The little boat is. to get to the big boat. Yeah. The rowboat. Yes. And her dad kind of convinces her, like, no, you belong here. Yeah. And, you love him. Yeah, you, you love, love him, him and you love the jungle and, like, this is a perfect space for you. Go be free. And and so she she decides she to She goes stay. and bees free. <laughs> Yes. And then the dad also decides <laughs> yeah. to join them. <laughs> he turns to the, the captain of the ship and is like, oh, people get lost all the time, don't they? Tell them you never found us. <laughs> yeah, like, and he's just like, yeah, we're gonna, we're just gonna be dead to everyone we know. <laughs> like, he can't go back, he could, he could go back and just be like, Jane decided to stay in the jungle. She's fine. Yeah. Like, he's, yeah, what, what is he leaving behind? I think that they're naturalist, and I think that But is he like a gentleman explorer with yeah, like a sizable yeah, yeah. state? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. There's a sizable estate that has, and like that's another big thing. I guess in his will is the in order. Tarzan <laughs> story is that Tarzan is the heir to a sizable estate as well. I gotta look up his. Got, he I gotta look up his full forty thousand a year. I have to look up Tarzan's full name in the original because I think it's so cool sounding. I do say, Mister Tarzan is quite agreeable. <laughs> Lord Tarzan is king of all the jungle, <laughs> and Hotfisher. <laughs> 
Yes, uh, his full his full Christian name, if you will, is uh, <laughs> Lord John Clayton the Third Viscount Greystoke. <gasps> I oh, love Greystoke that. is so metal. Viscount Greystoke. Greystoke. Grace. Oh, sorry. Greystoke is Greystoke is from my out of your head my head can. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Sorry. <laughs> and then at the end, Jane has like a sweet bikini on. Yeah, they do a reprise of Two Worlds and <clears throat> the like vine surfing sequence. And he's teaching her how to vine surf, yes. which is cute. And they decide to live in the jungle together. And, and we the get, dad's in the background. And we get, I yeah, know he's having fun too. And, yeah. and we get the famous Tarzan yell. And that's the end of it. <laughs> I like to think that the dad probably moves into the treehouse. Mm. I would like to think that too. I, my Actually, guess is. I kind of wonder if they all live there. I think. Well, mm, no, because he's troop leader now. Yeah, I think he. He and Jane have to stay with the, with the gorillas. <laughs> I, I think they have to stay with the gorillas, but I think that dad probably takes up residence in the treehouse and studies bugs or and something. And they like fun. refurbish it. Maybe yeah. we could maybe we could know for sure if we bothered watching any of the sequels. No, but we're not gonna. We're not gonna. We're gonna I'm Are gonna there stay pure. Sequels? There are two. I'm gonna stay pure okay. on this because There's I love Tarzan this. and Jane and Tarzan 2. And also I think there was a TV series for this also. Yeah, we're All not gonna right. watch the sequels. We should we should rank this. And uh, I apologize that because Catherine surprised me with how soon we jumped into recording this, I had not yet finished editing the Mulan episode, so I hadn't incorporated where Mulan is in the lists yet. Oh, okay. Oh, so I, well, I don't know exactly you, where. I'm going to tell you right now where this movie is. For you? you? Yeah, you guys go first. Cause, cause I, yours is, I imagine I already know. It's number it one. Really? Yeah, this is number one I for me. Beauty and the Beast was number I, one. You know for what? You. Real wa- rewatching this movie, I was suddenly like, "Wow, no, I love this way more." This movie is like, <laughs> even Queen though Belle has been dethroned. Yeah, for me at least, this is number one. I think this is a perfect Disney movie, and I think it's because of Phil Collins' music. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I rank this one highly, despite Phil Collins' lyrics. There's <laughs> here. here. <laughs> You're paint. You're you're like overpainting what I was what I was objecting to. Okay. I I like his music. I like the construction of it, the composition of it, you the know, rhythm, Greg, and everything. And- I can feel it coming in the air tonight. <laughs> can uh, you feel the love? No, no, okay. That's Elton John. You plebeian. <laughs> yeah. Um. No. Yeah. This is number one for me, and I know that's a shocker because it, I had so established Beauty and the Beast as like my all-time favorite Disney movie. But were you just kind of like trolling us this <laughs> whole time? No, like you, you knew stringing us along until Tarzan. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, but realistically, what actually <laughs> I figured had, this was too. So what actually went down for me here is, and why it's now number one is rewatching all of these now as I'm older. I can recognize that Beauty and the Beast has a special place for me as a child. And there's kind of like a childhood love and fascination that helped me overlook some of the things about it that I realize I don't really like. Tarzan for me... It does things for you as a woman. No, it's not, not, <laughs> not even like gross way. I think it's... It's a really wholesome, it, empowering way. Actually, yeah. I'm going to say that like in terms of just the story being really pure and beautiful, the characters being interesting and watchable... The backgrounds and animation being just what they are, I really think that just which is stellar. The, yeah. We haven't really talked much about the quality of the animation or it's the background amazing. or the character it's, design. I think that this is like the perfect like splitting the difference between realistic and characters stylized. and stylized. And I like agree. Really expressive faces and great just design overall. So because of all of that and just kind of recognizing that and just the fact that I realize I really like this story a lot and I like this story in other things. Mm-hmm. I have a, I really like. 
feral stories. Mm-hmm. I like feral people stories. I like stories about primal wild people. And I really love it when they interact with Victorian people. <laughs> like, so it's got everything. That, it's everything I mean, for you. literally everything for me. Like the funny thing too is that like when it comes to their interactions with like Victorian people, it's always like because Jungle Book and Tarzan, like those are products of Victorian literature, aren't they? Mm, Jungle I mean, Book is Jungle, Jungle Book, Book is, is Tarzan is not. It's ever so slightly later. It's like nineteen twenties. Yeah, nineteen fourteen. I think the original. Okay, yeah. So we're still talking about. And Edward Rice Burroughs is known for other things yeah. in that era of of yeah, like, it is. Yeah, yeah, John Carter of Mars. Yeah, John Carter of Mars. And so for me, it's funny that. Like, now when we think back on Victorians, they're, like, one of the second most repressed societies. Like, we think about Puritans, and then we think about Victorians being, like, super (laughs) hoity-toity. And so, for the collision of those two groups of, like, the feral character who has no social upbringing with the Victorian culture. Which Which is so socially repressed. Yeah, exactly. And is so socially driven. It's funny that, looking back, that we have these stories now that are produced that just happen to bring those two worlds together because they were relevant at that time. I think I like that. I think I like a story of extremes and Mm -hmm. the society versus non-society story. Especially because I think that, and we're getting real deep into this, but I'm going to let it happen. Do it. I think that I like this a lot because there is something psychological about it as well. There's the id ego at play. There is this idea of who am I without people. So that's primal man versus right. And I I think that the reason why I like these types of stories above all others, even Beauty and the Beast, which is a a more simple story about, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. I like this story more because it helps me sort of, it makes me think about the world at large. It makes me think about society. It makes me think about these bigger topics. And I would even say that, like, realistically, this movie probably played a role in my later interest in psychology. Okay. So, I have to say that, like, I was as surprised as you guys were when I watched this movie and I said, yeah, this is number one for me. That's crazy. For me, this one lands comfortably at number seven, which places it between Wreck-It Ralph and Big Hero 6. Okie dokie. Yeah. Okay. So, top third. God, I wish I knew where my Mulan ranking was. I I don't remember. (laughs) This is just below Mulan, I think. Okay. If you say that, I can... Yeah, but... but, edit Edit in the number right here. Yeah, so for me, this is number six, just above Zootopia. All right. All right. Well, I, well, I hope you guys have enjoyed the, the big twist that we, as twist. we finish out the Disney Renaissance, Catherine's number one movie is, in fact, the last of the Disney Renaissance. <laughs> I think it's their crowning achievement, man. I think it took them a while to get here. And I think that, boy, Phil Collins just makes this so great. Yeah, I'm like- an unabashedly, unashamed <laughs> Phil Collins fan. I never really? really, yeah, I never really latched onto him. Well, I don't care anymore. Genesis, but yeah, uh, like oh, like tech, tech, oh, from like a technical perspective, animation wise, this is like Such among the strong, best that they've done. Strong outing, yeah, because like everything that they were kind of building over the years is like at a point where they can like they they execute everything perfectly. There's no rough spots. And it just all comes together really nice. And it's such a shame that the legacy of traditional animation was kind of a dwindling from this point on. Though there are definitely movies up until like 2004-ish. There's still a few that they do after this that yeah, I, Princess that I really the Frog, like. Princess uh, Frog, Enchanted has traditional animated sequences. Lilo and Stitch, Emperor's New Groove. Mm-hmm. I, and uh, those are some of the movies that I kind of grew up with, with, grew up with in my late, like... 10, 11, 12, 13, like yeah. my late uh, childhood, early adolescence. 
Well, guys, this is season two of Animation is the Best, and we will see what the future brings. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and Twitter. Uh, leave a review on iTunes. Share us with your friends. Uh, send emails to aitbpod at gmail.com. And uh, until we meet again, have a goodbye. <laughs> have a goodbye. I'm not... <laughs> Yeah, to you.